I think every investor goes through these three stages of their investing journey. You ready? Let me let me see if I can get to your stages of investment journey. All right. So there's the first stage. You ask yourself, who's the greatest investor of all time? You look, you do your research, you unanimously. Warren Buffett is that guy. So then you enter the first stage. You become naturally a value investor. Of course, if I want to make the most money, why don't I just copy the thing that the most successful person does? Stage two of being an investor. Let me know if this sounds familiar. You swear by the value investing method. You preach by it, you eat it, you drink it, you play with it. It's like your baby that you're just growing until it grows into a million dollar portfolio. And you discount and you overlook growth stocks and tech stocks and all the biggest growing uh, non-dividend, no profit you, you basically overlook all these companies like Amazon, Netflix that show no profits and just have all this debt. You overlook these growth beasts because their P.E. ratios are too high. Th- th- does that not sound like you? And then number three of the whole process. You consider yourself a Warren Buffett type investor. You consider yourself a value investor but your portfolio doesn't reflect it at all you know you <laughs> you come into a recession right and you talk about how you're gonna invest in dividends and looking for dividend high dividend companies you know i want companies that pay four percent five percent dividend i want these dividend aristocrats who haven't missed a dividend payment in the last hundred years i want these undervalued companies i'm gonna hold it for the next 20 years a recession comes, forget that fam. I'm, I'm all in Facebook. I put me all in Tesla shares right now. It, it's actually hilarious. You know, um, as me, as someone who's just been uh, in love with Reddit, just absolutely in love with it. Um, I can categorize these people as the people in the investing forum, right? There, There's an investing Reddit there, investing subreddit. Where people, you know, basically everyone follows the Warren Buffett approach. They all invest in the same ETFs and they all try to get companies that show dividends month in, month out. And whenever someone comes and tries to, you know, put a little different perspective, they say it's high risk in the long run. That's not going to work. And then this year happened and Tesla went up by over a thousand percent and all of a sudden, this Reddit starting to look more like Wall Street bets. You see, that long-winded, long answer of a question of trying to identify where you are in your investing process is really just asking one simple thing. If you call yourself a Warren Buffett investor, do you really know how Warren Buffett makes money because as soon as you really start to look at how he makes his money and what he defines as true value investing, I think that's the best way 
where you can have some actual translations to your portfolio. It's not to go on these places and just build a dividend portfolio because everyone's doing it. But it's like, hmm, what are these high net worth hedge fund or company owners? What are these high portfolio managers? What are they doing? How, how are they getting so rich? How are they managing billions of dollars? And when you look at it, you realize that most of these quotation mark investors aren't really investors at all. Warren Buffett is not an investor. He's a business owner and he makes his money from two ways. From running a business and getting access to capital. It's very important to understand these two concepts because without it, you'll miss it just like that. He didn't grow his company from just being able to pick out great stocks. Sounds like a strategy, you know, go buy the companies that are undervalued. But if you look at all his biggest plays, like we look at his, you know, his insurance company, it was from his revolution idea of how to buy the insurance company and then invest those dollars that gave him excess returns in the future. It was from his idea of buying, uh, which bank was it? Probably Wells Fargo. I'm just going to throw out one. It's either Wells Fargo, Bank of America. I can't remember. Buying the banks in the 2008 crash and forcing them to pay him basically a 10% interest for buying them in 2008 when they might have actually gone under. You see, his best moves are business moves. And even to this day, when it comes to actually building his portfolio, He's building it by buying a lot of privately listed companies that aren't on the publicly traded market. He's a businessman. He's going for synergistic opportunities. So when it comes to us as investors, mimicking his investing strategy isn't necessarily apples to apples and isn't necessarily directly applicable to the type of investing that we have access to as individual investors. But what other strategy can we mimic that he does? Access to capital. Meet Kevin is a YouTuber, pretty eccentric YouTuber, real estate agent, hard worker, has a kid uh, around 30 years old, actually under 30 years old actually. And he just posted a video of how he turned $5 million this year to $20 million this year. He 4 x his net worth within one year. And any investor knows this. Your return is supposed to be only 8% a year, right? How was he able to have a 400% return? Like, does, does that even make any sense? That makes no sense, right? I can't be the only person that finds this crazy. He did it with one magical thing. Access to capital. You see, he was doing something a little high risky, a little uneducated, a little I wouldn't necessarily recommend to anyone listening to this. Honestly, this is just super risky, super speculative. But when the market was going down, 
he refinanced his homes that he had on. Like he's a real estate investor. So he had a bunch of homes he could refinance, pull money out. He put it in the stock market. And then he also started buying stocks on margin. Now, basically, a lot of these companies will let you borrow dollars to invest in the market. And the race that they let you borrow at, 1.5%. Interactive brokers right now is letting people borrow at 0.75%. If you factor in inflation, they're literally paying you. <laughs> they're literally paying you to borrow their money. That's how cheap the, the margin rates are on the counts that they're offering. It's, it's honestly absolutely absurd. It, it, to me, makes zero sense. But then you have to ask yourself, how is he making money? How did he still turn 5 million to 20 million? You see, when it comes to access to capital, the more capital you have, the more actual capital you can borrow. So he had 5 million, borrowed another 5 million, another 6 million, another 7 million. And all of a sudden, he doesn't need a 400% return. He only kind of needs 100%, which honestly is still ridiculous. But, you know, he made a portfolio of basically uh, Apple, Tesla. Like, <laughs> like has, that was his whole portfolio. And that's how he grew it to such a big amount. Just complete conviction on Tesla and put it in there. But with that knowledge, now being equipped flight crew, knowing that access to capital is something that can help your portfolio grow. What are some access to capital options that we have as investors? Well, I'm going to give you around three or at least three that I'm looking into. Now, I haven't necessarily done it myself. I have a little complex way, but I'm going to give you a different ways that you can do it. So one, of course, is the margin example. A lot of these brokers will give you margin or give you let you borrow money to invest. The problem with this is if the stock market drops by 50%, you lose all your money. You get a mar something called a margin call and you lose all your money. That's why margin is dangerous. If the stock market drops 50%, normally you still keep your money. You can still have your stocks in there. But with when it comes to margin calls, ugh, that gets pretty messy. Nothing's worse than building up a 100 grand portfolio and then losing the whole thing because of a margin call. And then watching the stocks you know, rally back up. So what's another way you can borrow money to invest? Second one, there is companies that will give you, an, if you're in Canada, an RRSP loan. Now, I'm not sure if the, you know, they have a similar thing to a 401k, but basically this is it, right? In Canada, for an RRSP, when you contribute to an RRSP, it lowers your taxable income. So if you made 100K, you put 30K in the RSP, you're taxed at 70K, which means that extra 30K isn't taxed. Now, throwing numbers on a podcast is hard to follow, so I'm going to make it super simple. This is a general rule of thumb for people who make over 50, 60, $70,000, right? Any money you put in an RSP, you basically get a 30% return. 401k, you need an employer that, you know, offers a 401k in your states, but it's kind of similar, right? You know, 
you put your money in their 401k, it grows tax deferred. So you can think of it like a 30% return in a sense, except you never get access to that money again. Kind of dark stuff. (laughs) Now, instead of putting your own money in RSP, companies will give you money to invest in that. One of the great companies that will do it right now, uh, Manulife in Canada. They're giving RSP loans at 3%. Now, a second way you can do it is something called a secured credit line. Now, a company, again, like Manulife, will look at the assets you have, basically, and you can get a credit line off of those assets, which is pretty dope. So if you already have like $50,000 in a RSP or $50,000 in a Roth IRA, some companies will offer you a percentage, right? They'll say, hey, we'll let you borrow using this credit line. So we'll give you 50 grand if you secure that 50 grand we give you with the 50 grand in your Roth IRA. Now, this is going to be a higher interest rate you'll pay, maybe around 4%. But hey, this is another option to get access to capital. The next option, straight up loans. Some companies call them investment loans. That's going to be a bit higher. Usually that's going to be around 4 or 5% in today's market dollars. So, of course, the scary thing with all these loans is typically they're variable. So when if, in, if interest rates go up, you're going to be paying a higher interest rate on your money. But with investment loans, a good the thing about them is as soon as you get that loan, you're paying interest on that loan, not the money you use. So if you get a loan for ten thousand dollars, even though if you haven't invested the ten thousand dollars yet or used it yet, you're paying that five percent or that five hundred dollars in the first year, which per month is around $45. You're paying that $45 per month the moment you get that $10,000. And one of the last ones is, of course, um, a HELOC or a line of or a home equity line of credit. If you have a house, you bought a house, if your mortgage allows it, sometimes you can get mortgages that have a HELOC component to it. Also, if your mortgage didn't include a line of credit, a lot of times there is banks that will let you access a line of credit using your home as that security. So with all this knowledge, you as an investor, what can you really do with it? My advice is I wouldn't necessarily borrow money to invest. Unless you're extremely comfortable or if you've already doing it already, you know, a lot of people, they, you know, have been borrowing money to invest for some time, but maybe they just didn't know of the different options there are out there and different ways to borrow money. Me specifically, I've been borrowing 30, around $30,000 off of a balance transfer from a credit card, from a promotion that they did. And I put that in the market. That's typically what I've been doing year to year. But, you know, right, I'm going to pay that off in February. And then I'm going to look at these options because if you do it from a credit card, it's going to hit your credit pretty hard unless you got like infinite amounts of credit card room. But now these are options that I'm looking into to increase my earnings. 
you see, when you do the math, you know, Warren Buffett's, um, his net worth is around 80 billion. You can't get 80 billion from an 8% return. You can't get it from a 20% return per year. So how do you get to 80 billion? The secret's always been access to capital. And depending on what stage of investing you're at, it might be right for you. I would just say that this exercise extreme caution if you're even looking into this. I do not recommend this at all. This is a great way to lose your hard-earned money. But again, this is something that at least as uneducated investors, we can be aware about. And as always, the best, most brightest investors are the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. Have you heard about Meet Kevin? And are you surprised that YouTubers are up to like 20 million in net worth? Is that surprising? Like it's getting to the point where we're going to run into the actual billionaire YouTuber very quickly. Let me know what you think. It's at Fly Stu on Twitter and we, Fly Crew, have to take off. Yeah.